Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the joy of coming into your house. We gather this morning unto you to seek your face, Lord. It's all about you, Lord. So we thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, for your love extended to us, Lord. Your call on the lives, Lord. Your gracious working, Lord, that draws us to you. So as we gather in your presence, Lord, we pray that you would speak clearly to us, Lord. Grant us ears to hear, Lord, and open hearts, Lord, to receive. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. It's nice to be with you again this morning. I've got a double portion this morning. I'm getting patient to two congregations. <laughs> Good to have you with us. And the sights are the Reverend Brian Ross and his dear wife from France. Dear friends of mine from way past. I thought they were heaven behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are beautiful. As long as you thought we were in heaven, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm at that age, you know, don't tell me we're all friends as funerals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking at the papers to see what I meant. <laughs> I'm glad I know when I see in the morning, there's still breath in the mirror. <laughs> I say, hallelujah, I'm still living. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, now the noises. It's good. We had a lovely service, <clears throat> the afternoon service. Nathan was baptized, there was a great crowd in. And I went to address that this morning. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about him. We're going to read in Colossians because we're going to go to the church in Colossians uh, shortly. And we're reading from Colossians 1, verse 9. For this cause, since the day we heard of it, we do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him. I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you, that were sometimes alienated enemies in your mind, by wicked works, 
yet now has he reconciled. Amen. May God have the blessing the reading of his word. Well, I'll tell you, it was wonderful when to see the place packed and, and I wonder what the visitors were thinking when they saw this young man go through the waters of baptism. I'm sure the question was, what is it today that we make a young man devote his life to Christ? Despite of all the pressures he faces, I mean his, his societies, his peers, his education, there's all some beliefs, his education saying it's nonsense, his education says it's all heart, it's all myth. The world view says it's nonsense. Church is dead, it's irrelevant. Religion's past. So what is it that makes a young man stand up today and say, I am for Jesus? Well, the secret is this. He's found out who Jesus is. And that's the vital question, you know. If you settle who Jesus is, it settles all the questions of life. Yeah. But he is the truth and the life. If you know that Jesus is Lord, it changes your life. So the question is, who is he in your life? The Bible says if you neglect, uh, neglect his salvation, how shall we say? The reality is, you know, that, that Jesus is the key. The whole Bible is about Jesus. From beginning to end, it's all about Jesus. Uh, I was just reading, and, and, and interestingly, the book of Isaiah is the ministry of Bible. There's 66 books in the Bible, and there's 66 verses in Isaiah. <laughs> there's 39 books in the Old Testament, and the first 39 chapters of Isaiah is all about the Old Testament, which was Jesus. The second 27 of the New Testament is all about what Jesus, the suffering servant, gives us. Yeah. And the whole way was like that. The Old Testament leads up to his coming, and when it comes, it's the fulfillment of his promises. So Jesus is the key to everything. It's all about Christ. And that's what we miss. We don't come to church. <laughs> we don't say we're religion. We come to Jesus. And it's him that transforms us and makes us real. So what do we do with Jesus? It's a big question. We can ignore him, we can neglect them, we say what's wrong. We can go with the world view and just sort of all pass them. But there's reality to be faced and encountered to be faced. When we stand before God, He's not going to ask you, <laughs> what church did you go to? <laughs> What's your doctrine? Not it. The quick question is going to be, what did you do with Jesus? That's the issue of your life. And the settlement of that sells your life. Because once you discuss who Jesus is, it changes your life. There's no other way to live. To do nothing, to neglect it, we lose our salvation. It's an indisputable fact that Jesus lived. What's that about it? There's more evidence for Jesus is than Julius Caesar. It's an established fact that he lived. So the question is, is he who he said he was, or was he a charlatan? Jesus said himself, listen, look, believe me for the work's sake. Jesus said the kingdom of God has come and he demonstrated the kingdom of God by his signs and his wonders and his miracles. And he said, look, you can't believe the theology. Believe the works. 
Når vi går i jeres placeret til lov, det er det samme. Hvor er det historiske fejl? Er det historiske fejl til resurrection? Er det med 500 witnesses? Men Torben stand og siger, at mænd er stadig lige til det? Det er det større fejl, at Jesus lever. And to ignore it, we ignore our peril. So the question is, is he God or is he not God? And if he's God, <laughs> do we neglect him? If he's God, do we refuse to heal him? Jesus said, look, believe me for the works. So I want to give you a picture this morning from the scripture that validates who Christ is, that raises your view of him. I want to tell you, once you accept Jesus as Lord, you have no problem with leaving the Bible. All the elements are perfect. Because Jesus himself vindicated the Old Testament. He talked about Noah, he talked about Elijah, he talked about many of the prophets. And he spoke to the, the chapter of me, so it says he opened the scriptures, began that Moses and the prophets, all the things concerning himself. So once you believe in Jesus, you have no problem with leaving the Bible. In the Old Testament, he's predicted. In the Gospels, he's revealed. In the letters, he's explained. In the Revelation, he's expected. Throughout the Bible, he's regarded the high position as Lord of Lord. So, from Genesis to Revelation, he's the Lord of deliverance. Jesus spoke to word and delivers. He's the Lord of wonders. A man approved of God by signs and wonders among you. God has this day exalted and seated on the right hand of God. He's the God of wisdom. The greater wisdom of Solomon is here in the case. He's the Lord of salvation. He's the Lord of truth. Says the Bible, the Bible truth, which I'm the truth. I'm the truth, and I'm the way to be. Now you can ignore truth. Your folly. Regardless of what the world view is, truth does not alter. Jesus remains the truth. The Lord of the truth. The Lord of righteousness. I don't stand before God today in my own achievements, because I have none. But I can stand before God covered in the righteousness of Christ, clothed in his God, accepted in him. In Christ. God looks upon me as in Christ. He looks upon me as he looked on Christ as his beloved. He sees me as he sees Christ as the apple of his eye. Isn't that wonderful? No. The picture of Jesus called the ark. No and his family were saved because we were in the ark. We are saved because we are in Christ. Delivered. He's the Lord of justice. People keep saying, Why can't I go to Love allow this and allow that and allow the next thing. The reality is the God of justice. And there will be a day of accounting. There will be a day when every man will give a key and account for himself and his works. That's terrifying thought this. Every word was recorded. You know what we're going to be condemned out for our mouths? He's the Lord of justice. He says he's the Lord of nations. I read in the Old Testament, it says, in the Old Testament, God let the nations do as they please. 
But when Jesus came and you come in, God has now commanded all men <laughs> to repent. The nations that are outside the pale of God's moving to Israel, but under the covenant that you come into, but in Abraham, all nations are there to bless. We're accused of being narrow minded. We're accused of being exclusive of the gospel. Well, the gospel is the most inclusive message in the world, but it's for whosoever. Whosoever may come, whosoever can be saved. And God commands all the nations to repent and turn. All the calamities you see in the world today, you know, <laughs> the hand of God's behind them. God's methods have not changed. His methods will be famine, <laughs> pestilence, earthquakes, floods. Why? To get your attention. To get your attention. That my people will humble themselves and call upon them, I will heal them land. Is the God, the Lord of the covenant. He keeps his word. He has confirmed his covenant by an immutable oath, <clears throat> swearing by no other than himself. He gave an oath to keep his covenant. So it's all about Jesus. All the Old Testament least is coming as promised Messiah, the New Testament, the fulfillment. The Apostle Paul addressed the same issue when they wrote to the Colossian church. The church in Colossia, which is in Turkey. You know about Turkey to get all the Jews and not know it's good. Lanzarote. Paul wrote to this church. Which wasn't that Paul had never been there. It was started at both Epaphras and Philemon as a house group. Maybe we're right to the church at Lindsay one of these days. When God speaks prophetically, he speaks to the whole church. <laughs> the difference is we hear them who we are and apply it to where we are. <coughs> so Paul writes to the Colossian church because they were in a similar state. Some of the young men teaching a world that was adverse to them. This church started, it went well. Paul writes them, we give thanks for your faith, you receive Jesus and the truth that you absorb and it changed your lives. But what happened? Patrice had visited Paul to bring us some relief to him. And he told them what's going on, how things were, you know. That's the thing that Jesus doesn't do. You read Revelation, they visit seven churches and say, <laughs> told them how they were doing. <coughs> I wonder what he was saying, we come in here this morning. Well, the church of New Beginnings, I know your works. I know your strengths. I know your weaknesses. I love you. <laughs> church of Lindsay, I know all about you. <laughs> I've got the hairs your head numbered. <laughs> and I love you. Keep thanking. So Pathos tells Paul how the church is going to do this. How are things doing, says Paul? Well, things are pretty bad, he says. Things have come in and spoiled. Well, he said, we've been beguiled. We've been spoiled. We've been deceived. And what has happened 
Colossium is a, a, a Roman colony. The society of his day was promiscuous, very promiscuous. Sexual morality was left. Worship of angels and deities and gods of rivers and gods of whatever were rife. Philosophy was rife and regarded by the Greeks as strongly important. So that says Paul, we've been caught up by the rudiments of the world we live in. And this problem that Christianism was synchronism. They took all these things, put them together, and lost the focus of Jesus. There was a, a king who put all the refugees into Samaria. A mixed bag of nations that had been captured and conquered and put them all into Samaria. And if I find it difficult in the land, they say, the lions will come up and devour them. And the Spirit says, again, you'll need to send this. <laughs> Someone to teach us about the God of this land. And they send the Levites over to teach them about the God of Israel. And it says that Samantha received the God, <laughs> but continues to worship all the other gods. And that was happening in Colossian Church. They were receiving all these other doctrines, all these other practices, absorbed in society around them, being morphed into it, and trying to make it fit their Christianity. That was the licorice all sorts. There are many like today, you know. And they're actually, they're going to churches. Oh, I don't like the preaching here. I don't like the worship here. I don't like the music. The band's too loud. They're too old fashioned. What Pharisee? I'll do that. It's Jesus you love. Imagine saying to Jesus, I'm not talking to you because I don't like that lot. Right? Paul Edward Hunter, I'm not talking to Jesus. Get your eyes upon Jesus. It's all about him. So Paul says, who big hell to you? So the message of us today is don't be cheated by the world's philosophy. Doesn't matter if the world doesn't believe. Doesn't alter it. Doesn't alter it. When they first preached the gospel, <laughs> the world was more unbelieving than this today. Can you believe that? They were pagans. Never heard of Jesus. And the gospel prospered. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God into salvation. Don't be spoiled by philosophy. That's the big challenge for youth today. They're taught in school it's nonsense. Science has proved it rubbish. Listen, science is only discovering what God already put there. If it's not there, you can't discover it. Science doesn't measure apples with apples. They can't put a measure in spirituality. They can't get a grip of God and put them in a test screen. They can't put them in a, under a microscope. Jesus is the truth. Don't let philosophy. Don't be deceived by the truth of the world. 
That's old fashioned, isn't it? Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. You know, the church has morphed into the world. Well, Ben over back wants to be seeker friendly and say, come on then, I'm no different. I'm no different. We're just like you. We're quite normal. No, we're not. And we're certainly not supposed to be. We're in the world, but not all the world. We're aliens. We're we green men. We're queer people. And that's the problem. We don't want to be queer people. We don't want to be we green men. We don't want to be different. We want to be accepted. And we sell our souls and our distinctness and our gospel and its power just to be loved and accepted. Deceived by the reasons of all. And the traditions of men. The problem with the Pharisees was that they were totally absorbed in their traditions. They were zealous to keep the law, and they had 900 other laws to keep the law. And Jesus said, Woe to you! Woe to you! You have the scriptures that speak of me, but you miss me. You miss me. All about Jesus. So Paul says, listen, don't be devilled, don't be spoiled, don't be deceived. Remember, don't forget the truth you embraced when you first heard the gospel and received Christ. He transformed your life. And I remember when I just got saved and my mother was a Catholic, my father was a Protestant, and religion was None. I'm not an entity in our house. The only rebellion was my brother who, who managed to get John John's lodge and kept his sash under the mattress case my mother saw it. But I get saved, you see. And my older brother was in the, in the RDS attempt doing his national service. And my mother got worried about me. You know, he come home, Jackie's going daft. <laughs> And this brother came home and leave. No harm to him. He bought a set of books in psychology. He paid £80 for it. And that was a lot of money in those days. <laughs> so he was going to convince me what there was philosophy. My father was a one of these funny handshaking men. And he says to me, Son, you need to join the Masons. It's good for business. I said, what does it stand for? He says, fellowship. I said, what does it cost me? He says, a tenner, I'll get you in. I said, well, it's free in the church. That's <laughs> free in the church. Don't be absorbed by the philosophy of this world. Stand fast for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read a portion of scripture from the message exalting Jesus. It's the message version. Colossians 1 15. We look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, 
above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything has started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes it and holds it together like a head does the body. He was supreme in the beginning, leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme to the end. From the beginning to the end, he's there, towering far above everything and everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him, without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in harmony, all because of his death, his blood that poured out from the cross. You yourself, are a case study of what he does. At one time you all had your backs turned to God, thinking in rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble every chance you got. But now, by giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your life together, whole and holy in his presence. You don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust, constantly tuned in to the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. There is no other message than this one. Every creature under heaven gets the same message. Christ is the answer. That's Paul's message to the Corinthian church, the Colossian church. What was the response he was looking for? What's your response? when you recognise that Jesus is Lord. You can't go on living your life and neglecting him. Well, I just say that, well, you know, that, that makes no sense. It's illogical to live for anything else but Jesus. And I wanted to go full time with Jesus. I was 17 at the time. I'm 7, I was 17, Jimmy. 1952. Seven. <laughs> My second birthday. When you give Jesus your heart, you give him your diary. He's Lord. That's what it means, he's Lord. There's no such thing as no Lord to a Lord. He's either the Lord of your life, there's no. One of the kings of the Old Testament got uh, defeated and was paying tribute. And he'd take all the gold out of the temple and give it to the and they replaced the bronze, the gold shields of the temple guard with bronze shields. Paul is about the look to say. The question for you is are you bronze or gold? You get these wee medical tests, don't they? You know, the, 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 the playbook of the real thing. <laughs> Where do you stand? Are you the gold or the bronze? Paul challenges the Colossians. 
get back your focus on Jesus. Walk with him. If you have received him, walk in him. It's a famous saying, isn't it? Walk the talk. Walk the talk. When I'm to say my way, that's that's first thing I'd ask. Might be a question, be a union. Walk the talk. And you're the same person tomorrow, you're a church. Would you not maybe be surprised to discover you're a Christian? And you're wanted for Jesus. Paul says this kind of, look, stabilize your faith. Don't be squeezed into the mold of those around you. Stand fast in the faith. You were buried with him in baptism. And rose again. To be buried is to reckon yourself dead. Paul says, reckon yourself dead to the old life. It's past. You know, Satan's the master. The Bible says, he's the accuser of the brethren. He'll keep saying, you're not worth it. God can't love you. And he'll keep bringing up all your old sins and your old feelings. Saying, they're under the blood. They're cancelled. Get behind me. I've been buried. The old man's dead. Reckon yourself dead to sin. And alive unto him. Is the power of God and salvation. Put to bed the old life. And live in the goodness of you. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. The kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Listen, folks, you don't have to work out. It's a gift. You don't have to manufacture it, put it on a friend's face. It's a gift. Just when you receive them, then you gave the gift to become the children of God. Believe, be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'll not leave you comfortless. I'll never leave you, no face take you. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in you, strengthening you. So for goodness sake, maybe you're coming to the mass. I've had this wee desire for many years. I want to give all the treasures of media like that. Best, high visibility best. So I can spot them. Oh, this one. <laughs> this is another one. You see, I don't know if you're saved or not. But he knows his own. He knows his own. And you know your own. You know who you are. That's important. Paul says, Look, I don't let anybody judge me. I know what this is what they think me. And Paul thinks he thinks of me. Be real with them, I said. If Jesus is the Lord, follow her. Jesus said, how can you call me Lord and not keep my commandments? Yet there are many who say, Lord, Lord, do we not do things in your name? He said, I never knew you. Remember that old chorus, 
All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. It's all for Jesus. But the wonderful thing is, Jesus is all for you. He was nailed to the cross to remove and block out your sins. To bury them in the deep sea. To reconcile you to the Father. Whereby you can see Abba, Father. To give you the gift of life eternal. John's Gospel, chapter 21, verse 31, says this. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus says, and so what must you do? Believe you baptize and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Back to my brother, trying to tell me I was off my head. <laughs> I was deluded. Yeah, probably a lot of reasons for thinking that, you know. Yeah. I had no argument. It was too good for me. So I had to say, well, Billy, tell me this. What happened when Jesus came into my life and changed me? You can't run away from the knowledge of the truth. Any man being Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away, all things become new. Something happened. This I know. He touched me. He touched me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. You're in the business of touching, reaching out to us, to drawing us in. You so loved us. You went to the cross, took our sin, our punishment, our penalty, that we may be free. You took our sin and gave us your righteousness, that we could be reconciled to the Father. So we thank you, Lord, for your love. Open our hearts, Lord, to hear this morning. Touch us. You know where we stand with you, Lord. I desire that you be first. First again. Number one in our lives. In you we move and have our being. Thank you, Lord, that you said, whosoever, whosoever may come.